0: Holy shit, listeners. This is our 100th episode. One, zero, zero. And it's going to be a banger. We are so excited to share James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Have you ever heard of him before? Ever seen his Netflix documentary? Ever read his book, Iron Cowboy, Redefined Impossible? This crazy son of a bitch did 101 full-distance triathlons in consecutive days. I'd never want to do that, but what I loved is his mindset, and I wanted him to share that story with you on our 100th episode. Let's go.
1: This is To The Point, a rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting Through The Bullshit. And getting to the point.
0: What is up, To The Point listeners? Have we got a banger for you today on multiple, for day. multiple reasons, man. It's a big day here on To The Point. Uh, I am your host, Chris Yano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman, rocking a little baby stash he's got going on there. But we have another guest host today, too. And it is my man, my friend, Mr. Dan Antonelli. Uh, Kick Charge Creative is a strategic partner of ours at Rhino Strategic Solutions. Dan. What's Welcome! Up? This is your first time being a co-host, brother? What's up, boys? I feel like I'm so famous. This Dude, whole thing—I'm here. Your it's family, crazy. bro. Your family. You're in it. You're in it. And listen, it worked out like it, this was the universe in action because it just works like it that. It Just is awesome because you know both of you uh, are into cycling, and it just so happens that uh, our guest that's on today might have rode a bike a time or two.
1: <laughs> A time or two,
0: might have done that. But a time or two,
2: a few times. It, oh, Chris, I call, it, I call it dabbling. Dabbling. He's dabbling.
0: dabbled in cycling just a little bit. Hey, man, I saw a, a video. I can't remember. I think it was on your documentary where you like ate shit on a bike and dumped it. I think you're um, you were a kid, like you're just a little like a little boy. You and you dumped it yeah. and got off and were like cheering. I was like, yeah. I think that's pretty uh, indicative of like kind of what. That mental toughness, like how tough this kid is. He, he ate it on this video, and then he gets up and, like, cheers. So it's pretty funny.
2: Um, who, I, who, who knew that would set the standard for what I do the rest of my
0: life? <laughs> right? It's so awesome.
2: Eat shit and celebrate. <laughs> uh, I, I'm super stoked to have
0: you on, it, you know, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the introduction first, and then I'll, I'll kind of talk about some more things. But we do have uh, the Iron Cowboy, Mr. James Lawrence, on the show today. And if you don't know who he is, uh, just Google it and then you're going to be amazed, sure. but listen, you're going to to find out. It's, it's amazing. And so, uh, Guinness world record triathlon holder, uh, author, phenomenal speaker, bro. Like crush it on your speech, man. Anytime I get goosebumps or you make me emotional, I know it's good. Um, <laughs> and so for being such a tough guy, man, I know there's a heart in there pounding away too. I saw a little bit, a little bit of that vulnerable it, it, side to you. You have to when
2: you've got uh, five kids and four of them are girls. That's right. I got
0: three <laughs> girls, one boy. You got four girls, one boy. I got three girls too, man. They're they're rough. <laughs> it's rough. Well, I am excited, man, to have you on here, and thank you for making the time for us. I know you get tons of inquiries, brother. And uh, let me just tell you what: uh, your daughter Lucy, she's a champ. She's fantastic, really? dude. She she was like on it on trying to help getting us squared away. So she's um, amazing. And um, so, anyhow, uh, if you haven't, you know, heard of James Lawrence, I want to just to mention a few things, too, that I think are really important for you to know, and that is, um, dude, you got a book that I was able to get, you know, we, we got to uh, see, like, quickly meet each other, kind of across the room at RoofCon, where you were speaking, and uh, I was able to get your book, um, Iron Cowboy Redefined Impossible, I'm only about 40 pages in, man, to that thing, so... It's because I got sucked into the documentary and I started <laughs> listening to the podcast. I listened to my man, Ed Milet's podcast with you just to kind of hear what Ed was saying and heard your story. And um, But check out his book, uh, Iron Cowboy, Read to Find It Possible, which you can get on Amazon or pretty much like that's probably the book. Do you have any, any other locations where you can snag that thing, James? Yeah, Amazon's the best
2: place. And if you want a signed copy, just ironcowboy.com. Right on.
0: And then uh, obviously awesome. you can check out the documentary too. Um, I found it on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's cool. yeah. So like I saw it on there. I watched it, but um, yeah, the documentary's on Prime. Yeah, it was. It's pretty sweet. So I would recommend you go and check it out. But this, I'm talking about a guy that has ma- mastered mental toughness, and we all <laughs> go through it. So even though he's not, you know, in the HVAC business, the plumbing business, in the uh, you know, in the electrical business, roofing business, whatever it is, um, his business is actually, I would say, arguably a little bit tougher, for sure, mentally tougher. Uh, yeah. Uh, based on what I've heard. But a lot of these things are applicable, when you say, too, because we all run into the same problem, like these mental traps that we get into. We make ourselves believe that we can't move our businesses forward because we can't do this or can't do that or somebody does this better than me. Um, I've certainly fell fell into that trap, too, you know, growing our company. But a lot of times I think I heard, you know, statistic. I'm going to get it wrong. I know James is going to correct me, but it's – When you think that you are done, you still got another 40% left in the tank or something along those lines. Where Point being is when you think you're done, you're actually not even close to being done. It's your mind kind of playing tricks on you. So everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, um, I want to make sure you take copious notes. All right? So this is the start of your journey. Uh, That might be the biggest word I've used in a long time, copious. That's good. Um, So, hey, but real quick, dude, you know, one thing I didn't know that I found out, and I love bringing this up every chance I get, because anytime we have somebody who's into cycling that comes on, Paul loves to go on this rant about how he's de- likes cycling, too. But I don't know if you guys know this or not, but my man, James Lawrence, was a wrestler.
1: Always. It all comes back to wrestling. That's
0: right, man. <laughs> I wrestled all through high school and college. 103. Uh, that's right. I was a little guy, just a little bitty guy. So, uh, I respect... Uh, It made me understand a little bit more about uh, who you were because I love a good wrestler mentality.
2: You know, I love it. I think, you know, I I get asked all the time, Hey, how do I become more mentally tough? And so I started to like go back in my journey and kind of see where the mental toughness journey started. Because my answer to that question is we're all born with a certain level of mental toughness and then it's a skill set that you have to cultivate and grow. And so I kind of started to backtrack my journey and where it kind of all started and it was, through sports and athletics. And then specifically, I gravitated towards wrestling and ended up being uh, or doing wrestling full time. And so I I attribute a ton of my mental toughness beginnings uh, back to those days of wrestling. I I love individual sports. Like if I win or lose, it's my fault. And uh, there's a lot of lessons on the mat that you can learn when it's just you, another guy, and I win or I lose, it's my fault. And then I got to make adjustments and, and come back to the mat and see if I've improved, and it's, it proves always right in the pudding how much work you put in, um, and yeah, yeah you just got kind of keep, keep showing up.
0: A lot of personal accountability in that one, so I, that's actually what I liked about it too, is that you could be on a team, but, but it, it was on me, like how much work and effort I put in was on me, if it was like, you know, Christmas break, and I knew people were gonna go and play in the snow, I'd be the guy that would go and run, and then I would think, hey, I at least ran one more day than this guy did, so I should be better than him, I should be more prepared than him, at least how I kind of built it up mentally in my own, brain of figuring out what makes me better than the next you know opponent. Not that it always worked out, but it certainly was helpful.
2: <laughs> In theory.
0: <laughs> um hey, listen, by the way, I want to say this too before I get into it. As I've gotten to watch some more of uh, the stuff that you've done, I want to commend you on, on something that is also ex- extremely important to me. Regardless of all the success and the stuff that you've had um you know uh, going for you since running the 50 50 50 into the hundred. I mean your wife Sonny is a is a rock star you know, she's hardcore isn't she Dude, she's intense
2: actually she should be your next podcast <laughs> she, done
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure at one point in time when i was talking to you on um instagram that sunny took over because it got it changed real quick i was like oh i think that might have been her she's my only she, she, she's protecting me or per, being protective right now i'm not it, right. it, it, it was probably lucy <laughs> <laughs> lucy's like what are you talking about Yeah, Uh, no. Well, anyhow, um, I could tell like she's a solid rock. And I love how you say we all the time versus I on your journey. Like that was something I took away from your presentation. Um, And it's not just, you know, you just talked about being an individual sport, you know, and you kind of going and doing these things. Yes, you did them, but you had a lot of people doing these things with you. So it's we, it's you, it's the team piece of it. So I commend you, man, for making sure that you uh, share that glory with those that helped you all along the way. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, am going to go down the the Q and a list and boys, I want you guys just to kind of chime in along the way too. If you have something, let's try and at least stay somewhat on on track if we can. Um,
1: Chris, can I throw something out there? I mean, there's kind of a theme today and I don't know if we mentioned it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base here, but isn't this our 100th episode or close to our 100th episode? Aren't we getting around there?
0: So it is our 100th episode. Yes. Wow. However... Uh, I was going to bring it up a little bit later, so thanks, Tall Paul, for throwing that out I there. I ruined it. Yeah, I ruined did. it. We haven't even gotten to that part yet, but yes, this is our hundredth episode. That doesn't and, mean anything to anybody at this
2: point, so we can still surprise them. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah, they don't even know the context and the special. Like this is a special day, so back, special back to your day. questions, Chris
0: and the listeners. Now you're going to just keep listening to connect the dots. You got it, James. I got to so, know why. So <laughs> here you go. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get this thing rocking and rolling. Now, you know everybody has a start to their journey and it all, it might look different. It might, uh, it's not always the same start to your journey. Like my journey obviously looks different than probably yours, Dan, you know, and starting your business and so on and so forth. And, and I've noticed that, um, you know, growing from being a, uh, an athlete, a collegiate athlete and loving individual sports where I'm on a team where, so James, a little context too, is I used to race cars, um, obviously race car. I'm in the car racing it, whether Indy car or whatever it is. And, um, but I have a team people trying to make my car just right for me to make me faster, but I'm in that car driving. Um, I did wrestling. I was a bull rider for two years on the professional bull riding circuit, believe it or not. But cool. if you notice a pattern there, it's kind of these individual sports that I like to have done, and I just like to challenge myself to go down this path. But I don't know that I always knew exactly what I was doing. I just kind of did it. I didn't really put a plan in place. I just knew like, hey, i got to keep learning from what I'm doing and just start, just start the process and start to learn from it. So everybody's journey is a little bit more. Maybe some people are, are more planned out than mine. Maybe yours was more planned out than mine. Um I'm ADHD, so I'm probably all over the place on trying to figure out how did I start my own journey. Um but everybody has one. And what was and what was yours? Did you would you say that like that wrestling was the like the that was like the start of everything for
2: you? Um, I mean, looking back on it that would be the start of my journey. And, and like you i have kind of gravitated towards individual sports too. Like if you look at the the three sports that I love to do the most, it's wrestling, golf, and triathlon. And all three of those are individual type sports that require obviously coaching and the team and everything to get you to that moment. But then it's all, all eyes on you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think my entire career has been building blocks or foundational to where I am today. And, and, you know, everybody is on a different journey and everybody's starting point is different. And uh, I love, I love that you don't have it all figured out and you're still on your journey and you shouldn't. And most people are, this is why people fail is because most people are continually in that planning phase uh, before they start to execute. And I could still be planning the 30, Ironman's around the world, world record, uh, because I want to get that perfect. But every piece of the puzzle for me is a stepping stone and a learning platform in order to do the next. Because if I was just trying to plan the perfect uh, event, I'd never get to something like the hundred because each one of those was a learning process to get to the belief system and the experience that I could tackle the next part of my path. And if you don't, if you don't start, then doors will never open, and you won't learn the lessons you need to learn because you don't know what lessons are to be learned, because you're sitting and putting pen, uh, pen to pen to paper, trying to map out the perfect plan, and that that's the perfect plan to failure, because at some point in time you have to start, and I want I want everybody to understand that none of us start out as the expert. Uh, uh, I believe I showed this picture at at RoofCon when you were there, but there was a picture I showed in the middle of my presentation. It was me in my very first triathlon where I'm gripping to the edge of the pool, gasping for air, trying to figure out how to swim. Nobody would have said that guy right there is going to go on to set endurance sports history, but that's where my journey started. And I'm so glad I started and just really dove in and just started to consume and, and, and put mentors in my path and coaches in my path surrounded my, myself with experts and people that I could learn from. And I just started to soak everything up that I could. And, and eventually I started to grow in knowledge and we started to do these big campaigns and one thing led to a next, but if I didn't start, it never leads to a next.
0: Yeah. Um, of course. i I'd like, I think this is where a lot of people too is the um, analysis paralysis continue. Yeah. You start to overthink the whole thing and then you end up doing nothing or you do minimal um you know something i gave in my in my keynote at roofcon that i've done that these guys have heard me say multiple times too is um you know a lot of people come in and they take notes or they and their intention is good and, you know the ambition is there you know to try and learn from the event or learn from what you said james or from ed or from you know john or whoever else was speaking um but then they go home and it's like back to normal like you fall in this routine and sometimes i feel like that routine is like the no, death yeah. you know no execution and there's not any action that ta- is no. followed up with the ambition Oh, I, saw, I
2: saw I saw I saw Tom Beale post on on Instagram today. He always holds up those signs that is writing on it. Yeah. He says, "Knowledge isn't power. It's applied knowledge and doing something with it that is power." Um, because there's 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 two types of people. There's the person that never shows up and doesn't do anything in their lives, and they're just a fat lazy turd. Yep. And then there's the the person that shows up to everything, consumes everything, but does nothing with it. Well, they're just a a, a, a consummate uh, content. Uh, gatherer and then there's the individual that shows me with their actions after they've gained the knowledge and does something with it that that's that's the guy that i like that's the guy that's going to be successful that's the guy that goes out and seeks knowledge puts surrounds himself with mentors coaches and and um, experts and then actually goes out and starts applying trying in the trenches doing this works for me this doesn't figuring out what is going to be their best modality of using that information. So those are kind of your three types of people. And um, I have a lot of respect for number three, the, the person that actually has a desire to learn and gain knowledge and then takes that knowledge, applies it, and then tweaks it for them so that it works best for them on their journey.
1: So where were you when you decided to be that third person? And what did it look like? And where are you now? Tell our listeners
2: I, thought, I thought are you are sitting with us. I thought you were going to ask me, where was I when Tiger Woods won the Masters?
1: (laughs) Well, you can probably answer that,
2: right? After the greatest sports comeback in history. Um, Unbelievable. How do you really Um, feel? I I know exactly where I was, and I was crying. (laughs) Um, Restate your question, please.
1: (laughs) So when did you decide to, like, be the radical action oriented person you are now what was that first moment like and where are you now explain to our listeners kind of the journey you've been on with you know with triathlon and with all that over the years
0: with the distance triathlons
2: yeah (laughs) yeah what's crazy is i'm i'm not naturally that third person it's something that i have to really work on i am just like everybody i think inherently um you know we are lazy lazy men and a lot of us, we don't, you don't want, you know, you don't want to work hard and you don't want to take the, 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 or you. Yeah. You want to take the path of least resistance, but that's not where growth comes from. And so I think I learned a lot of those lessons through wrestling. I learned, um, you know, self-control and 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 management of my mind through, through golf. Um, and then triathlon and the journey that we've been and I mean, I, I've broken two, two Three world records. Um, I've ridden my bike to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I've run 235 miles across Greece. Uh, I mean, we've done just a hundred alone was 14,000 plus miles in a quarter of a year with zero days off. Uh, and, And so it's it's all of those things combined, where you gain that desire or understanding about being that third person. And you understand like, Oh, the other two have zero benefit and will leave leave me standing still in life. And actually I don't believe anybody standing still. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And so if you're not doing anything, taking action, you're actually slipping backwards because everybody's goal should, you know, when I'm 35, I shouldn't be the same person as when I was 30, when I'm 40, I shouldn't be the same person. When I was 35, you should always be evolving and growing. And that just takes Takes action. And it's interesting because I've got kids um, and they are a huge driving force for me. right? like, I always want to kids, kids are, you know, they're sponges and they're always watching. And so for me, I just want to be the best example I know how, and they're a great motivator, you know, because I, my, my responsibility for bringing them into the world is, is I've got to get them ready to go out into the real world. And if I'm sitting there, you know, pizza porn and and video games that, you know, my kids are probably going to go down a, 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 bad road and they're, they're going to not end up being contributing members to society. And so it, they are great motivators to be person number three and continually to show up on your journey and to push those boundaries and those uh, barriers.
0: A uh, quick shout out to, uh, I love, I love that you kind of have the whole family involved in everything, like the whole process like that. Cause I'm hundred percent that guy. Um, it's, um, Lucy, Lily, Darcy, Daisy, Daisy, Dolly, and Quinn. Quinn. I think
2: you Got did it. better than most of, um, of family members. Once, once
1: you have more than four, you can't expect anyone yeah. to actually know yeah. you. Good job, Chris. Look, Thank at you, you really did go deep on this prep.
2: Well, I'm telling you, like I
0: was in it. because I love, <laughs> like I said, anything to do with mental fortitude, to mental toughness, like I'm all about because I believe it's applicable to everything.
2: But, not, let's that, def- not that you have to in the future, but this is how you remember it. Um, L's before D's and flowers in the middle. There you go. There
1: you go. Now I it's know. that simple.
0: Next time, I'm going to remember that. So, smartac.com. Smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with SmartAC.com. you've got to check it out now
1: you you've both mentioned toughness a few times i want to define toughness i want to give some context here so um give us some context around what the 50, 50, 50 was. And then what was the 100 um, people here triathlon, they, they can kind of put two and two together, but explain what a full distance triathlon is. And can we not say Ironman? Is that not word we're allowed to say?
0: Oh, this no, is great. Hold on. Go you, off, go off, James. Tell them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what it is, we just can't put it in print.
1: Uh, Got it. Okay.
2: So we'll, we'll, we'll do a full disclosure right now. I'll explain it real quick. So it, a, tri- a triathlon is anything swim, bike, run in that order. Yep. There's four traditional distances of triathlon, sprint distance, which is the shortest, Olympic distance, which is what they do in the Olympics, half distance, and then full distance. Each one of those double each time they get longer. Mm-hmm. So an Olympic is a double of sprint, half is a double an Olympic, full is double of a half. Yep. The full distance has been brilliantly marketed by a company called the world triathlon corporation owned by the chinese and they have branded the full distance triathlon an ironman so an ironman is a company that has owned the space in marketing so they would be someone like band-aid or kleenex or xerox they've just done such an amazing job at marketing that the general public a- a- associates ironman with a full distance triathlon. They're very protective of their brand. And so we can't write it. I can't have it on my website because I didn't do an Ironman. I did a full distance triathlon. So that's the the real quick version of it. So my history is I broke the world record for the most half Ironman events. I actually did official events um, in 2010, which led me to a 2012 journey where I did 30 official Ironman events in 11 countries. And then I said, you know what? I hold that world record. I want to do consecutive Ironmans. Well, I had to do consecutive full distance triathlons because there's no Ironmans on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's not even 50 events in the entire US. (laughs) And so what I did was I did 50 full distance triathlons covering 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 miles of biking, full marathon run, 26.2 miles for a total of 140.6 miles so that we did an ironman or a full distance triathlon distance every single day for 50 consecutive days but we did one in each of the united uh, each of the 50 united states we started in hawaii went to alaska met the team in washington where the motorhome and my five kids met us and then we did the lower 48 so in 50 consecutive days we hit all 50 states logistically and we'd covered 140 miles of swimming, biking and running each day. That led us to a worldwide speaking tour where I got to speak in 48 different countries. We wrote the book, the documentary came out, our life changed, it was unbelievable. We now have a thriving business over it. 2020 happens, the pandemic hits, the world shuts down, my calendar gets wiped clean, I'm bored, I come up with the Conquer 100. Because the original goal of the 50-50-50 was to find out how many consecutive full-distance triathlons I could do. Well, logistics and chaos got in the way, and I was averaging less than four hours of sleep a night. We were completely exhausted. We were always dealing with problems, and so I came up with the Conquer 100 to truly find out how many times I can consecutively do 140.6 miles, so we set the goal at 100. And that's a that's 140 miles a day for a quarter of a year, totaling 14,060 miles. That was accomplished March 1st through June 8th, 2021. Oh my gosh! Wow.
1: I don't even know it's, where to start. I have so many questions.
2: Yeah, go um,
1: because you did a you did a hundred, yeah. and I was following the journey on Instagram. Okay, so you know your team around you, led by your daughter, I think, um, was kind of giving people updates, and people were. As as you got closer toward 100, people started to gather around and maybe they'd swim with you a little bit and run with you a little bit and bike with you a little bit. And I was getting chills as we were building towards 100. I'm telling you this from my perspective. So I'm watching this play out and I see the 100 today and I see all these people around you that love you and know you and have been following your journey. And I see this massive amount of people following you to the finish line at 100, right? And I see that lights go down over your home in Salt Lake, right? I put my phone down. I go to bed. Okay. I get up the mor- next morning. I'm going to cry. I get up the next morning and I look on my phone and you're back in the water. by yeah. yourself? No friends. No family. No fanfare. No attention. 101. Why did you do 101?
2: That's a great question. Um, I... Like I said, I travel around the world. I coach people. We talk about mental toughness. One of the number one questions I got every Q and A after the the 50 on that speaking tour was, could you have done 51? And I was like, yeah, I could have done 51. I just didn't want to. And so one, I wanted to take the question, did you do one-on-one off the table? But one of the things that I teach is, is you can, you can do one more. And I I didn't want to be the speaker that gets up and tells a story and tells someone to do something and doesn't or hasn't done it themselves first. And I, with my kids, I tell them you lead from the front. You set the example. You are the leader of your friends. You set the example, you push your boundaries. You can continue to show up. You've got grit. You've got toughness. I didn't feel I could say any of those things with, with confidence had I not gone out and done one more. Now we were, I mean, broken. Like you you can't, I can't wait for the new documentary to come out, but I can't put into words 140 miles a day, no sleep, chaos, what your body's trying to do, what the nervous system is doing. You know, people just assume, hey, it was the the 140 miles a day. No, as soon as you stop, you've got you've got recovery, you've got you know, trying to figure out how to sleep. When I'm sleeping, my body is. In fight or flight, trying to figure this out, I'm having night tremors, uh, night tremors, and full full body convulsions and hot sweats. And you know, it was tw- it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no days off for a quarter of a year. That's intense. So imagine you've you've achieved the goal, you've I- exceeded everybody's expectation. There's no asterisks. There's no question. You covered every mile like we mentioned when we were off the air, day number one was 18 degrees outside. I mean, we we executed to perfection. And I mean, on day, day 59, I had a catastrophic bike crash. I got knocked unconscious and we just recently found out that I broke my L5 vertebrae in that crash. And I did 41 more Ironman uh, full-distance triathlons with a, a, a busted back. And it's because I said I was going to do a hundred and then when we had accomplished the goal and I was broken and I was defeated and I was exhausted, I could have stayed in bed. I could have started the next part of my journey, which was recovery, but I made a decision to go do one more because I want people to understand At the highest level when you're broken when you're defeated when you've achieved your goal when you've celebrated when you any of those scenarios you can get up and do one more and sometimes you're going to have to get up and do that one more by yourself james when did you decide that when you did you decide to do the extra one yeah so the concept was actually brought up really early in the campaign by one of my wingmen, casey and i almost punched him in the face when he said it um because it was like day 15 or something and, and, I, and I was seriously broken that's where I was having the peak of the the shin pain uh, I developed a stress fracture we thought my leg was going to break during the marathon um and and I was like dude it's off the table we're not doing it he was like but how cool would it be if me you and Aaron just went out and did one more with nobody else and I was like dude it would be cool but I, I can't even I can't even conceptualize the amount of pain I have to manage tomorrow and then for 85 more days shut the hell up yeah. and so it didn't get brought up again and you obviously have a paradigm shift in thinking when you're on a different part of the journey. So when, when I was in the mid nineties, I was like, because bef- before when you've got 85 to go and you, you're only 15 in, you're like, I, I, can't, I can't think about doing 85 more plus one more, that's, that's not even comprehensible. But when you only have five left and you've done 95, you can go, what's, what's one more? So it's amazing that paradigm shift to, I can't, I can't comprehend one more to, to then the conversation changes to what's one more. And, and so the, the, the final 100th day was on a Tuesday. And by Saturday, I had cemented the decision to do it, contacted the core members of my team. We didn't tell anybody else. We con- contacted my uh, cycling jersey company and they said, we can, we can make a jersey in one day. And I will drive it from California to the finish line, and they handed me the 101 jersey um, at the finish party for the 100. Awesome. And, at, and after doing inter, after doing interviews and signatures and pictures for four hours, I went home. I got on the massage table and we had a, did a therapy session and got up on day 101 and did another 2.4, another 112, and another 26.2. Good grief!
0: I guess so I got to know like. The fact that I was wasn't expecting you to say on day fifteen, honestly, like was, or the 15, I was I was expecting it to be much later. But you had mentioned like you thought your leg was broke, and you keep going, and this was early on. Yep. And like, I, I gotta understand how do you how do you meant how did you specifically mentally prepare knowing the pain that you're going to continue to go through that, or like, I feel like early on had to be very difficult or maybe it wasn't, but was there some sort of like routine that you like religiously followed to be mentally prepared? Uh, not only just for the next day's event, but for the rough night you're about to go through and the lack of yeah. sleep and those things, like wh- you gotta walk me through that.
2: Yeah. I was just relying hundred percent on past experience that we'd have navigating these types of things. And where our team's the only team in the world that has gone through 50 consecutive and experienced what that level of exhaustion, chaos, and confusion was like. And so the team sat down and we had multiple meetings and meetings that I wasn't involved in. They were like, cause, it, cause really it's the two wing man and my wife Sunny; Those are the core three and then me, so we're the four. And there was a lot of meetings that I wasn't invited to where they said, okay, let's solve the problems that we had on the 50 because the whole premise from the hundred was, okay, if we can remove chaos, if we can put teams and systems in place, can we double what everybody said was impossible? Can we go and defy logic? And so we were solely basing it off of experience. And you know, I got out of shape in the six years because I was traveling around the world, touring 48 countries, being wined and dying. And yeah. and when we made the decision, it was seriously one year ago from two days ago, November 1st, where I did a four-month training camp to get ready for the most impossible endurance feed in history. And so I went into this physically unprepared but mentally at the top of my game from past experience and i was relying too heavily on past experience um, to get me through it and underestimated and a little bit naively because i should know better but how big of a toll physically would take and so we got into an injury issue very early on because of the short training camp we did so the the 100 quickly became pain and injury management In order for us to keep going because I wasn't going to quit and early on I had that that super intense stress fracture on my shin and the pain would build throughout the marathon and I I knew eventually that I was going to take a step and my leg was going to break and that was going to be the only public you know reason the public would say okay you went until you snapped a bone you probably you know did everything you could and so I wasn't going to quit and that was going to be that in my mind at the time that's what was going to take that that's what that's what it was going to take to take me off the project and that's eventually what was going to stop the project and um long story short but a one of the best or the best in the u.s um as far as carbon uh, plated shin braces lives on the trail that we were running on and he came out what's that that
0: that worked out
2: (laughs) yeah well, he comes out and he's like, hey, have you ever heard of a carbon plated shin brace? I've been watching your story. We actually are the, the U.S. leaders in this and one of the only ones that do it. We make a c- custom carbon uh, brace that that offloads the w- late, uh, weight off of your shin, allows that bone to heal, and you can continue moving. And I was like, that sounds amazing. How do I get one of those? And he's like, well, they're custom made. They take about six months. And I'm like, I kind of need one today. <laughs> and uh and so he he shows up on the trail with this one that they had made for someone else and he's like i can machine tool this it's going to take some effort put it on tell me where some rub spots are i'll meet you at the next block And he would meet me in the next block. I'd show him where it was touching. He would take it in the back of his truck. He'd do some machine milling, he'd bring it back out and he'd say, try this on. And he'd meet me at the next block. And we'd repeat that process until I didn't have any touch points on my shin. And the pain was gone because it completely offloaded that entire bone. Uh, I was in that shin brace uh, doing an Ironman a day for five weeks, allowing that thing to heal. And I was being super patient. And, and to be honest with you, I've said this on Ed's, Ed's podcast, um, it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings of the whole campaign because I had, to, I had to shut it down to walk in the marathons. And it allowed people that were flying in from around the country and the world to participate with us. It allowed them to be able to do it with us because they weren't in the shape to run. And so every single day without fail, I would hear somebody say, I'm so grateful you're walking because it has allowed me to be part of your journey and it's impacting me and my journey greatly. And so just we, we never know when our suffering or our trauma or the trials that we're going through is going to actually impact and benefit someone else's life and give them hope. And so sometimes our greatest trials are somebody else's biggest blessings. Dude. And so I'm so grateful that I was uh, that he that I was put into that shin brace. and And it was so hard for me, right? Because I'm like, I want to showcase my athleticism. I don't want to just complete these. I want to, I want to put forth an athletic, um, some physicality in this, everything a day. I want to put, put forth this big effort. I I want to, like, I wanted to go out there so badly and just be like, just drop a mic every single day. And I, and I still got to because I completed it and it was under the circumstances, but it was just really, really hard for me because I, I had to, I had to walk. I was so broken that I had to walk and it just blessed so many other people's lives that I'm grateful that it happened.
0: Dude, you said something like super profound that I heard and I might get it wrong, but I'm going to be close. And I'm guessing you've probably said this before cuz you got emotional when you said it, which then it made me emotional when you said it. But in regards to you, you know, not giving up, you know, or or quitting cuz it went down like cuz you were injured or whatever, you had said I think it was um if I quit now who am I going to miss giving hope to? Am I close yeah. somewhere or something along those lines? But it was, you were talking about someone and actually I was going to talk about this a little bit later when I, when we, you know, when I asked you about quitting, but it kind of went there. You had said, I think someone had come up to you and said that to you, like it, that, Hey, thank you for not, you know, you know, for not quitting or something along those lines and this, and you gave hope to this person.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we had so many stories on the journey where, where someone would send us a message or show up and tell us a story of their journey, um, of some unbelievable things that they were dealing with that, you know, obviously, my suffering that I do is intentional, like I, I put myself out there, I do that. Right. Um, and it took me a long time to realize it. But by me intentionally suffering, I joke all the time, I say, like, I don't know why God gave me the gift of suffering, like <laughs> the, the, the world's crappiest gift
0: yeah, dude. And Talent
2: and talent to have but I've, I've, I've learned over time that that talent and me suffering intentionally gives people on their journey where they are not intentionally suffering, but they are suffering. And I can't tell you how many different stories came in uh, across the internet and through our DMs and people that visited and told us that story. And then I would always get the question, Hey, who, who motivates the motivator to keep going? Like why? Like on day 59, when we crashed, they were like, why did you you You'd reset your history. You redid the 50 brilliantly. You've broken a record, nine more straight days. You just broke your back. You were knocked unconscious. Why? Why do Why do any more? Let alone 41 more and then one more on top of that. And, and that was my answer. My answer is because I don't know who hasn't heard our story yet and who I'm missing the opportunity to give hope on the journey that they're struggling through. And so, so for me, the, the person that motivates the motivator is the people that were inspiring around the world and the people that are actually suffering because of a, a terrible incidents that has happened in their life. And somehow our journey is giving them hope to continue on their journey. And if I, qu- if I quit on day 85, who am I missing? I got a message the other day from a lady and she said, I had never heard of you. A friend of mine told me who you were. I I showed up on day 100, and I ran that marathon behind you guys. And from that moment on, I've run a 5K every single day. I've completely changed my life. She didn't know anything about days 1 through 99. She didn't know anything about the 50-50. She didn't know anything about any of the previous decade of challenges we've done. She heard about our story on day 100, and the title of the message was, you changed my life. Damn. So, so I, I would have regretted quitting on day 85, 59, whatever it is, because who did I miss giving hope to on their journey? Who did I miss get, getting an opportunity to impact someone's life for the better and change it? To receive an email where somebody says, you've changed my life. Th- there's no greater reward. There's no amount of money. There's no check somebody can write me to, to have that feeling, that emotion. And it's all because I made a decision to continue to show up on the journey and fulfill the commitment that I said to myself that I would do hundred.
0: So good, man. That's incredible. I knew, I knew I was going to butcher it, but you knew where I was going with it. <laughs> no.
1: That was so good. Now you, I think it's your wife who's sunny. quoted as saying sunny that is quoted as saying something about, you know, when you're chasing something, you're chasing something. You never actually catch it. You're always chasing something. What's it like when you accomplish something like 100 full distance triathlons and Does it feel like you've caught it? What are you you still chasing? How do you stay motivated? How do you keep an edge? How do you chase for that long?
2: Great question. Very hard to answer. Um, And and, and that's that's a huge misconception about who I am and what I do. Because a lot of people that go on a journey like this or go on a personal uh, struggle for their boundaries or their borders... Um, that they, they've they've either had a troubled past or they're running from something or they're they're doing some type of replacement therapy from addiction or, or they've uh, drug whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I had an amazing upbringing. I, um, I'm not running from anything. I'm running towards potential. And and it's always interesting when you finish something like this and chasing that that goal of a hundred, um, redefining what people thought was possible because there's three phases to anything, right? There's preparation, execution, and then recovery. And um, I'm in that recovery phase. Obviously, we broke our back and have to deal with that. I've got a lot of uh, brain cognitive therapy issues. I had some brain MRIs done and my brain is stuck in hyperdrive, meaning I can accomplish simple tasks, but my brain has to work five times as hard in order to accomplish them. And so I'm, I'm in a, uh, a constant state of fight or flight, and it's massively exhausting. <laughs> and so by the end of the day, by now, four o'clock, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, put me to bed yeah. um, just because my brain's been firing all day long. Great news is, is in a couple of weeks, um, I start cognitive therapy where we can reset those brain pathways. Your brain's a muscle and it. it it can be taught and learned. And so, super, super grateful that one of the world leading places is right here by my house, literally 10 minutes away. Um, and so, I'll do a 30 hour, all, in, all intensive brain reset repatterning um, that I'm super looking forward to. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm 100% satisfied. I wasn't satisfied after the 100, I mean, after the 50, but I didn't know what was next until the opportunity presented itself um we'd make we'd made some mistakes during the 50 that i wanted one day to ratify and and put to bed and we did that and we we left no doubt to to who we were who we said we were who we we claimed to be who we whatever anybody wants to say like we left no doubt to who we were there's zero asterisks on the 100 not a single soul on the planet can deny the fact that we covered that 140.6 every damn day rain, sleet, snow, whatever it was for a quarter of a year. It's incredible, dude.
0: It's incredible. That, yeah.
1: that was a, a vulnerable statement talking about what you're going through in your recovery. Is is that the compounding impact of endurance, endurance sports over a 10-year period of time? Or did this 100 really set you kind of in a different pathway?
2: Uh, I, I think for sure the 100 was an absolute tipping point um I, my entire career i've had multiple concussions with bike crashes i've obviously had a career of wrestling where how many who knows how many concussions back in the 90s they were like go sleep it right. off You're fine. you know and there wasn't as much education as there is today on concussion protocols and things like that um and so i think it was my entire career um but the the hundred really pushed it over the top getting knocked out in that bike crash was was massive. Um, And then you do, you go into a protective state from the chaos, from the trauma uh, over a quarter of a year, and you slowly slip into that state. And I I, I fully would have said I wasn't in a trance or protective state um, while I was in the 100 until I stopped and came out of it. Um, Had somebody asked me on day 99 how many I could have done, easy answer, 200. (laughs) Uh, because you're in that moment, you're grinding and just, you you have limitless potential because your brain is so hardcore protecting you from what's actually going on. And that just showcases to the highest level, how powerful the mind is. Well, day one Oh two and one Oh three happened. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't function. And my favorite story is I'm driving down the freeway with my wife and the speed limits, 80 miles an hour. And she looks over to me and she goes, Hey, sweetie, um, you're going 45 miles an hour. You may, you may, you may want to pick it up a little bit. And, and, and my, my kids would joke all the time. They're like, Hey dad, can we help you find something? Cause I would just be like walking around the house right after the hundred. Cause you don't, you don't know what to do. Your whole life is, or, or you're, you're, you know, you do all these projects. And when you're in the middle of a product, you have project, you have one task, one objective. And then as soon as that's taken off the table, you go, huh, I don't know what to do now. And then you tap, tap onto it, the, the cognitive brain fog and confusion and coming out of a traumatic state where your brain's protecting you. Um, it's, it's scary. And you realize, holy hell, I'm the provider for nine people. My, my uh, wife's parents live with us too. It's like, I've got, I'm responsible for nine people. I've got to get this right. And I, I mean, I, 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 I got to get up on stage. I got to I got to be able to deliver. It's a performance. It's, I mean, it's exhausting up there. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at my calendar in January and I'm like, I've got 10 speaking events. I, and in one week I've got six and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, if I don't fix this and I get to that point, I'm going to be on my back every night in a hotel room, just like completely wiped out.
0: Yeah, dude. I don't feel like um, I almost just said, yeah, man, I know when I go and speak every time I get off, I feel exhausted, but I don't want to sound like a big, Sissy, no, compared is. to what you no. what you're doing. Well, no, I
2: mean, even Ed Milet said it in his breakout thing. He's like, when I get up on stage, I pour everything I have in into it, and I'm the same way when I'm on stage. Like, I get off, and I'm like, whoo, that was like everything I had. I need to I need to take a nap, and people are like, hey, let's go party, and I'm like, I need I need a hot minute. Like that was, I just gave you everything I had, and and so yeah, when I when I look at my counter, and I'm like, oh man, I've got. 10 events in January. I'm like, Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix this real quick. I'm grateful.
0: Yeah. You could, you could not have it and that would be way worse. You know what I mean? Like, Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. I am definitely not complaining.
2: I will deal with with the uh, insane schedule I have coming up next year. I mean, we're already, I'm almost booked out. Um, the entire year good for, for you. Man, I'm I'm I'm
0: I'm excited for you. That's fantastic. I mean, it's cool that you get to continue to put the same the stink the story to use again and again and again. And you probably don't even know the half of the people that you've impacted by it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know how you could unless people are just constantly reaching I, I, out to you.
2: I, I would say we know of less than five percent of the people we've impacted.
0: Hey listeners, I know, I know. I'm sorry to cut this off. It's so good. But you're gonna have to tune in next week to episode one zero one to hear the final Part of the story with my man, James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Part two next week. Tune in. Until next time, we'll see ya.